Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours and light it up, not only do you light up inside and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you, allowing others to feel that amazing too. What a great gift to give both to yourself and to other people. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and a lot of positivity into your day. Welcome to this episode for the young and of course the young at heart as we continue our series about sexual and gender identity. The purpose of this series is to give young people who are from the LGBT plus community a voice provide young people who are questioning an opportunity to learn from those young people who've already embarked on their journeys and to provide a bank of resources to help young people and parents to get the information and support that they need on this important aspect of life. In this episode, my delightful daughter, Tayshan, is speaking with two trustees, Sarah and Keith, from FLAG. That's with two Fs. Uh, FLAG is a national voluntary organisation and charity who are dedicated to supporting families and their LGBT plus loved ones. Both Sarah and Keith have their own stories. And um, this conversation with Sarah and Keith is so brilliant to hear as they talk about the impact, the confusion, the support, and sometimes lack of support that they had along the way. Uh, Some great advice, some great resources, certainly some great insights, some great messages about, you know, for parents, you are not alone in this journey, whatever you may be feeling is valid and there are people just like you ready to mentor you and share their support. There were many, for me, laugh out loud moments and a few (gasps) moments as well. Uh, This is one of my favourite interviews in the series so far. So if you're a parent, this episode is a must listen. Uh, Go ahead and enjoy. We have got Sarah and Keith, um, so I'm going to let them explain their experiences, um, but they are with a charity called Flag. So I'm going to open it up to the floor, whoever wants to kind of discuss kind of what is Flag and your roles within the charity. I'm Sarah and I'm a trustee with Flag. And Flag is a national charity that's dedicated to supporting families and their LGBT plus loved ones. And FLAG is about 25 years old, and it started up um, as a, really as a helpline started by our founder, Rose Robertson, in the 1960s, where she would actually ring up and intercede um, with families who had, at the time, gay um, children, uh, and where the family wasn't really ready to accept um, that their child was gay. And so that was back in the 1960s. And from that, a number of parents helpline sprung up around the UK Uh, and this was always just parents um, of at the time gay and lesbian young people who would offer peer support to other parents that people phoned up in need and also at the time flag was very much a campaigning organization um, campaigning for equal rights for again at the time LG and B young people so like Uh, campaigning against section 28, campaigning for equal age of consent, um, to lift the ban on LGBT people in the military, and and so on. Um, And then I suppose in about the early 2000s, FLAG actually thought, well, are we still needed? We offer support to other parents, but the campaigning side was sort of, we seem to have reached theoretically anyway, equality. But then actually since then, there's been a huge rise in demand for support from parents of trans young people. And actually, that's that's what I am. Um, And and so flag is still very much needed in those terms. But also, I would say um, for parents of uh, lesbian, gay and bisexual young people as well. So we offer support, um, not advice. We're not professionals, but we offer peer support to other parents and we can listen um, and we can point people in the direction of things that we found helpful. Amazing. Keith, um, do you want to kind of elaborate on your role within the charity too? I'm, I'm also a trustee at FLAG. 
uh, for a short while anyway, for about 18 months, I think, since I, I was uh, elected uh, onto the Board of Trustees. The, the other thing I would say is we, we offer um, a huge amount of resource on, on the website. Uh, and I think that's proved very helpful. Um, I also man the, the helpline uh, and find that when people ring, often they've been Googling. I mean, Mr. Google does so much for so many people. But um, happily, I think our website must have a good click-through rate and people read our material and think, yes, this is a sensible sounding website. Um, and then people find our number or our email address, read our stories on the website uh, and some of our uh, how-to guide. Uh, I, I do find it strange, you know, we're an organisation to help friends and family, yet our most popular download is, how do I tell my parents? So we're, we're being sought across the community, um, and I think uh, it's a great organisation, and I was so pleased to be able to join the Board of Trustees and, uh, and lend some actual support to, to what we do. It sounds incredible, the work that the charity does and you guys do, it is it does sound genuinely amazing for parents. And like you said, Keith, the fact that the most popular downloads, how do I tell my parents? Definitely for children and you, the like young people as well. Um, so we've heard about FLAG. Can we hear a little bit about your personal journeys and experiences? So Sarah, do you want to go first again? Well, for me, it was about five years ago when my um, child, who was then uh, 19, had gone off to university, gone up to London, we live in Cornwall, um, and spent the first term there. And I thought everything was going pretty well. They seemed happy. I'd visited them a couple of times and they were getting out and about in London and having a good time. And they came back at Christmas and um, yeah, something was really wrong. And I didn't know what it was and they didn't want to talk about it. But eventually, I think it was actually on Christmas day itself, uh, they said to me, oh, I, I might not go back to university. Uh, and then the day before they were due to go back, I was like, well, come on, you haven't booked a train. Do you want me to give you a lift or anything? And, um, and they said, oh, no, I'm not going back. And I really didn't know why, but I sensed that it was more than just kind of not getting on with the course. And they'd been coping fine in London. So it kind of, it wasn't that. And there was something behind it. And I was really, really worried. And... I mean, looking back, it was only about six weeks that they took to sort of break the news to me, but it seemed like a lot longer. And then one evening, when everyone else was out in the house, they came to me very late at night and said, oh, I think I should tell you why I really um, left university, why I've dropped out, why I've come back home. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and very hesitantly, and it was obviously really difficult for them. Um, they explained that over a number of years, they'd been coming to terms with the realization that they were trans and that having been alone in London and spent so much time on their own, they'd been kind of forced to, to face up to this and that they'd broken the news to their girlfriend uh, and then they just wanted to come home and they wanted to tell me. And I was, hugely shocked I hadn't seen this coming at all I mean they'd always been you know sort of very sensitive quite quiet we'd also in a in quite a stupid way said to each other in the family oh he's not like other boys um but never for one minute had I contemplated the idea that they might be trans and it was just something that I knew nothing about and as far as I knew I hadn't ever come into contact with trans people and I I wanted to support them, but I just didn't know what to do. And, and the shock, I mean, hopefully I managed to cover it up and, you know, say, oh, fine. And they said to me, you know, they held my hand and they said, have you got any questions? And it's like, well, I didn't have any questions because the only thing I could think of at the time in my head was, this is not happening. I mean, it felt so unreal that the next morning I actually wondered if it had happened at all. And yeah, it took me a few days to just kind of get back into balance. And then it's like, well, what, what do I do? I want to help them and I, I don't know what to do. 
unfortunately, fortunately, I came across FLAG because there were some uh, gender identity family support days run in Cornwall. They're actually run by an, another amazing charity called the Intercom Trust. And they're there to support families and particularly the young, the young people. But one of the FLAG trustees was there too. And they were there particularly to try and talk to parents. And it was so wonderful to be able to go into a room with people and I mean initially I didn't want to go at all my husband forced me to go I was like oh no I, I felt this was private I didn't want to talk to anyone else but actually I'm so glad he persuaded me because just going into a room meeting other people saying a little bit about how you felt and for someone else to say oh I know exactly how you feel and there's no judgment there's no you, you they would the, young people would go and do some activities so the parents could talk together um, and then you could spill out any feelings that that you had um, and some of those feelings might be negative not negative towards your child but but worry or fear things that you wouldn't want to communicate to your child um, and to be able to share that with other parents and for them to understand not to judge you and then also say oh well this is really helpful or you might want to try this organization or why don't you do that and it really didn't take me very long to learn the information that I needed and then quite quickly after that it was like oh if only I'd known this before then a when my child I keep saying child and I use they them pronouns they are obviously an adult but they're still my child, um, you know, I would have been able to help them better more quickly. And perhaps also I might have raised this in conversation earlier because one of the biggest feelings at the beginning was guilt because they'd clearly been struggling with this for, I don't know, four or five years. And I had had no clue. And so I hadn't been able to help them. So that was the start of my journey I have to say looking back um, and it's five years on now but even sooner than that it's been a, a fantastic thing a really positive thing in our lives I'm sure we can talk more about that but there's no doubt that for me and for a lot of parents initially we have what we often say at flag you know a bit of a wobble and it's at that point that we can really be there um, and and just yeah offer support I think it's so interesting to hear it from a parent's point of view because I think we always hear about kids being scared to come out or going through things which obviously is super important mm. as well as that parents are completely allowed to feel like you said you're not speaking negatively of them or the situation but you have you also have valid feelings like you said guilt at first it was denial but it's so important to have that safe space with other parents to talk about it without judgment you can just say how you're feeling and no one's going to judge you for it it's completely valid and you can share resources it's just nice isn't it to have someone say you know what I've I felt like that or like someone will say something and you're like that is exactly how I felt couldn't even put it into words but you've just said it for me so I love that I do have a question actually how did you find using new pronouns and I don't know if they change their name because a lot of trans people do change their name and have a dead name so how did you get on with that kind of change it was definitely difficult at first um I mean, the pronouns thing, just getting used to it. And I, I would say that we use they, them pronouns at the moment because um, even five years on, I think they're still developing who they are. And I, th I think it, this may change and they may use female pronouns in the future, but at the moment, the way they're presenting and so on, they, them is a better fit for them at the moment so that's that's fine um oh the other day I was at a wedding and someone asked me about and using the dead name the wrong name and so I just sort of explained and this person said to me oh um oh yeah my my friend's um son says that they're non-binary now and wants to use they them pronouns but my friend can't do that because he's an English teacher so I mean grammatically it would be incorrect and I was just like whoa 
okay, first of all, you know, don't, don't overreact. But And I mean, I could have gone into a great long spiel about how, well, actually they is used as a singular pronoun and blah, 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 and over history and language changes. But actually the fact of the matter is, it's just politeness. So I said, well, what's more important, grammar or making your child feel comfortable? I mean, my name is Sarah. Um, if I tell you my name is Sarah and you call me Susan, um, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And if you do it as a mistake and you say, oh, I'm really sorry, I got your name wrong and try and get it right next time, that's fine. And so that's the same with trans people. You know, I think as a parent, especially because they've been your child for so long and you know, it is an adjustment, you've got to get used to it. And I found it and still find it particularly tricky when I'm talking about the past, because you're then in a moment, in a memory where you might slip. But I think don't make a big deal about it. Just say, oh, sorry, move on. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, people have nicknames. People do change their name when they get married, all sorts of things. We were able to cope with it then. So this is just another instance where you ought to be able to cope with it. I think it comes down to respecting someone, yeah. respecting someone's choice and respecting someone's gender identity. It's really not that hard. No. It really isn't that hard to do at the end of the day. So I don't, it's interesting, isn't it, that it's like such a big thing for people when realistically, like you said, they, them can be used as a singular pronoun yeah. without issue. It's, it's well. not. Who and speaks grammatically perfectly all the time anyway? So who cares? But why, why would that be the main issue? Exactly. And one thing as well that you said that I have learned, I follow quite a lot of, I don't like the word influencers, um, but people on Instagram who've got a lot of followers who share their stories that are part of the community and um, particularly trans people as well who have shared that, if you do make a mistake, you misgender someone, you use the wrong pronouns, you don't have to make a big deal out of it. Like you said, you just say, oh, sorry, correct yourself, move on. It doesn't have to be a big thing. That is the way to go about it, essentially. Yeah. So you brought that up, actually. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, Keith, how about you? Can you tell us a bit about your experience? Certainly, yes. It was, it was almost, gosh, almost 20 years ago me um, and I know that so well because I took our, our son Ross, I can call him Ross, um, to New York at October half term. My younger brother had been on many trips and had accumulated air miles and he wasn't going to be able to use a chunk. He said could you use these for Ross's 18th birthday uh, and we, well Ross chose to go to New York of all the places. Um, my wife had a wobbler after the 11th of September because it was only six weeks after that that we were due to fly. But we went and it was a most, I mean, on the one hand, a really amazing experience. Things were still still smouldering down at uh, ground zero. Um, but every, And everybody was just so kind and pleased to see you, uh, which I think was a huge change for New York, which had been quite a hard place until then. Um, but, but things weren't all hunky-dory, despite the fact it was a great trip. Um, and I remember saying to my wife on a phone call home one night, um, I don't know what it is, but I feel I'm losing him. You know, rather than being a bonding session, it, we just weren't, weren't quite hitting it off as I'd really hoped we would. Uh, and then it wasn't still, it wasn't until the following May when he actually came out to my wife it was almost an ultimatum. Um, she posed the question and, and said, so, so are you gay? Uh, and he said, yes. Um, so that was when he, he came out. Uh, it wasn't in a row. That's, that's a, a top tip that he got from a, somebody who he'd met in a, a pre-university course, interestingly enough, and they're still the best of friends. That's a, a fabulous story for them. So not in a row. Um, I, I was... I don't know what I was, to be honest. I, I was calm and, and saw through it. And it, it wasn't totally unexpected. It didn't come totally out of the blue. But nevertheless, when these things happen, it, it's still a, a shock to the system. Um, and my wife pretty much cried for the next three days. Got on to Mr. Google. 
because even even 20 years ago, Mr. Google was king. Um, but she didn't find uh, a flag website. Um, she tried uh, another known, well-known helpline, uh, and the respondent there merely said, oh, that's dreadful. To which my wife said, no, it's not, but I need to know a bit more. Um, but it, eventually, after, on about the third day, I think it was, she found, Sarah referred to local parent support groups. She found our, it's Northeast, we're based in Newcastle, found our Northeast parent group. Uh, and we both went to a face-to-face -face meeting. Well, no, first of all, my wife talked to the, the local lady over the phone and basically said, well, you're not the first person to experience this. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, it wasn't horrendous news, but my wife couldn't understand why she felt like that and needed to know. She always needs to know things. Um, and then we went to the parents group uh, and it was... It was wonderful, just as Sarah says, to talk to other people who aren't judging, who've been through a similar journey, tell their stories. I think there were three other mothers there. It wasn't a popular with men for some reason, um, but the mothers went and told their story. And, and we both realised, yeah, look, it's, it's not quite normal, uh, as in we're not talking 100% of the population that goes through this. But other people have done it and and the experience is a shock initially for for most parents but these things have been endured before and got over before and everything will be fine um and really it, it is still a journey it's not quite as bad as alcoholics anonymous where, where you worried where you might fall um but there are challenges and as you said we've got to we've got to be proud and stand up. So if somebody says anything amiss, we need to say, well, actually, my son is gay and, and you're wrong, whatever the statement might be, but in context. So, so that was the start of the journey. Ross then went away to university, came back home for a brief while and then set off to work initially in Manchester and then the last few years in London. And, and that's probably two two great cities to be when you're, when you're a gay person. Lots of like-minded people to meet. Uh, and, it's, and it's been great for him. And we have enjoyed our journey with, with FLAG, helping other people subsequently. Going back to this whole helpline that your wife called and they, the first response was, it's dreadful. <laughs> that's dreadful. Mm, that's, aw that's awful. I can't believe a helpline would, would say that. And also that's something we're very, we want to be very clear about with, with FLAG is that, you know, we're not here because your child coming out is a terrible thing, but, but we know from our own experience that you can still feel a bit sort of taken aback or you just, or you need information. And I would say a lot of the people who are contacting us, I mean, some are really, you know, more distressed, but, but a lot are, it's not a problem, but but what should I do? You know, it, it's yeah. it's we are very clear that we're not here to help you get over some terrible problem, but just to share, you know, experiences and, and lend a hand if you need it. And I think it's it's important that you know that message is also out there for young people. It's like we're not here because you being gay is a problem, but actually, you know, cut your parents some slack. This is something yes. that we don't know much about. You know, and that is the thing. It's like young people are probably much more informed than parents and, and thinking that, you know, parents these days are probably in the age group where they were at school during um, Section 28. So they were deliberately not told anything about LGB people and, and you know, as for trans, well, that, you know, <laughs> was never mentioned at all. But, you know, they were deliberately kept misinformed and it grew up in an era where therefore... LGBT stuff was kind of oh really a bit you know worrying and media and all that sort of thing so it, those that, that information stays in the back of the brain even if that's not what you believe um, you know it, it, we are people who need information and, um, and and that's what flag is there for. 
I think it's such an important distinction that, like you said, you're not saying anything is wrong with being gay, but obviously parents, you as a parent, I imagine, I'm not a parent, I can't speak to the experience, but I imagine that you you just want the best for your children. Like they are obviously going through a lot. They're going through a scary time, struggling with their gender or sexual identity. You just want to be there to help them through it. And I'm, I'm not saying that's the same for every parent and some will be very distressed. But at the end of the day, I imagine that's what most parents you speak to, no matter what their state, that's what it bubbles down to. Yeah, they often say that when they when they ring up, they say, you know, I'm, I'm fine with this. I need to know how best I can support them. Mm. Uh, and, and that is the information thing. As you say, when, when somebody comes out, often they've planned it for ages. How can I say it? What's what environment do I need? Soft lighting, music, whatever. Um, and they come out with and they think, right, that's it, job done. But the parents are left reeling. You know, they most usually for the for the callers and inquirers are fine with it, but it is still a shock, and they need to know more, and and they need to go and find you know as much as they can, and as I say, want to know how can I best support my child yeah I definitely think that's what it comes down to and you made an interesting point Sarah about how a lot of parents have grown up under section 28 where like you said they you weren't taught about it in school it wasn't allowed to be taught and even nowadays I've had conversations with people on the podcast about um, like LGBT education and sex ed in school and it's just not it's not there it's not taught so like even us growing up didn't have much but I think the conversation in like my generation happens a lot more like we talk about things a lot more but there's been a couple of people that we've had on the podcast who have identified as bisexual and it's funny because both of them said oh I like people like regardless of their gender and they've both been like I would call myself pansexual but it just requires more explanation that I haven't got the energy for because it's just not like people who are older who don't understand it as much it's just a lot more effort to do and we do need to have those conversations but I also understand their point of view of being like I haven't got the energy to explain this every time I come out which is all the time. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting to see how the conversations are progressing. We've still got a very long way to go, but I think we're definitely getting there with educating people of all ages. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so you've explained about your experiences. What were the, and are the, because I'm sure it's not, it's, it's a continuous journey. What are or were your biggest challenges throughout the process? The biggest thing, uh, because we're going back 20 years, so not quite as advanced uh, as we are now, as you say. Um, my worry was um, depression, bullying, uh, because we know he'd suffered bullying at school. And that was, that was a huge, I don't know the right word to say, but, but guilt, certainly, that he'd been through this at school and we didn't know um and that just made us feel so bad that that we we weren't aware that it'd been happening and he just carried it all on his own shoulders but when he went away to university and then later to work I, I was worried about aggression and and all these things and my biggest challenge was making sure that he knew at all times that whatever he faced he wasn't on his own and we would be able to sort it out if he talked to us one of one of his peers in, in his young youth group, uh, acting group, theatre group, um, committed suicide. Um, I'd been to school with his dad and I just didn't want that to happen to Ross for, for things that we could sort out. Um, so for me, that was my biggest challenge and biggest worry, that drumming that home and, and reminding him as often as I could. Uh, and I still do, still do. Yeah, mental health concerns. I yeah. can't remember them, which is annoying, but there's quite there's loads of statistics out there about mental health within the LGBT community. Um, it's so high that the percentage of the community that has mental health problems um, and it increases for people who are trans, 
it increases even more for people who are uh, LGBT, people of color. It's just crazy how prevalent it is. And it's great that there's charities out there and we're speaking about it more and it's, it is fantastic, but it's still such a huge issue. But it, the fact that you obviously, you just supported him throughout the whole thing. Do you know, and, and you created open lines of communication. And I think that's so important, even if, like Sarah, you said earlier, um, when um, your child, who's not a child anymore, your adult, <laughs> um, came out as trans, but uh, sorry, they hadn't come out yet, but they, you knew something's up, they didn't want to talk about it, but you just kept that open line of communication. Mm -hmm. And the same with Keith, you just kept that open line of communication. If they did want to speak about what they were going through, then they they knew they could do that. And I think that's so important. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I often find myself saying to people if they email in for support, is like, give it time, give it time. And, you know, as you say, be open, make sure they know that you're there and you're ready to listen when they're ready. Um, and the other thing, I mean, you're so right about the statistics um, for mental health issues for LGBT plus people, you know, because of the difficulties that they face, not primarily because they're LGBT, but because of what they face in society. But also another statistic is that if they get uh, family support, then actually um, that, that is the biggest sing single indicator in, in, in getting better mental health. So again, another really good reason for FLAG to be here and help families to, to support their LGBT loved ones, because that is such a great positive um, in, in just helping people feel better. Oh, I like that statistic. That's a really positive statistic in, compared to a lot of the ones we see. So yeah, that was, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Sarah, what were your, what are, what were your biggest challenges? I mean, initially there were challenges which actually were quite small things and it was we've spoken about some of them about you know pronouns name change some of the names that uh, were considered I struggled with a bit <laughs> but I was like well just again just wait just say mm, yeah okay maybe and eventually um, a name was chosen that is is good for all of us but you know I, I it's it's strange for a parent you're used to choosing your child's name and when that is then changed, actually, you might have invested quite a lot in that choice, or there may be family history or other reasons. And it, it seems odd or just different for the child to be making a choice. But I think you do have to go with it. It, it, it is whatever they're comfortable with. But as I say, that worked out well in the end. My biggest challenge, well, again, other things I needed to learn. I didn't have the vocabulary to be able to discuss things properly with my child. So it was a bit of a challenge there of just learning and getting that information. But the biggest thing actually was um, our wider family. And I, so they told me their news, that was fine. And I talked with them and I said, well, look, I, I would like to tell my parents and, um, my brothers and so on because I, I needed the support but I, I wanted to tell my parents especially and my child said oh that's okay so because we live quite a distance apart I had to do that on the phone and I was really nervous and whereas the news was broken to me in a very beautiful very calm way they did it brilliantly it's great I made a real mess of it um, I got upset I cried um, and so I think because of that my parents reacted very negatively and they said um, sorry I might still get upset about this they said um, that in oh you know, it was a phase they obviously wanted it to be a phase they didn't accept it at all and they also said that it was showing off uh, yeah so and I and that so I felt very bad about that one I mucked it up <laughs> so and I then I created this situation that was obviously very bad you know they didn't accept their grandchild and they weren't going to 
play along, as they put it, with this situation. And with my brothers, um, one of them was kind of okay, but said, well, you know, please don't bring them around to the house if they're going to dress up as a woman, because I don't want my daughter to be confused. Um, and the other brother, they're quite religious, and they said, oh, um, well, we've asked our vicar if it's okay for us still to associate with you. And that, uh, I still haven't really forgiven them for that. Um, but anyway, over time, things settled down. Um, and I had to reflect on it and realise that I'm their child. And so by me contacting them and being very upset, they reacted emotionally as well. And it was kind of in protection of me. But unfortunately, that meant they had an adverse reaction to their grandchild. So it's that's quite useful experience when people contact me uh, and uh, talking about breaking news. It's like, well, for goodness sake, don't do it in the way that I did, because I made a real mess of it. And about a year or so after that, my mum rang me up one day and said, I really need to say to you that um, we love you and we love Nooks and we support you and anything you need, we are there for you. Um, but because transition is so slow, I don't think they have seen... Um, you know, the full expression of how Nuts would, would like to be. And I think they possibly assume that it's maybe gone away or, you know, that's it. So I think we still will have some hurdles to face um, as things get moving uh, again. But, but yeah, that was a, a really big thing. Um, thank goodness I was already in contact with Flag. Thank goodness I already have a lot of support around me. Um, and yeah, it, it, just realizing that, you know, people are gonna struggle and sometimes they may say things that are very difficult to cope with and within families, you know, that makes it difficult. You know, Christmas, big family events, you know, getting together, you know, it's still not plain sailing, but you just have to give it time. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think a lot of parents um, and and children who are trans will identify with that experience. I would also say that sometimes, you know, you 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 worry about this and it and it's absolutely fine. It's a non-issue and it's not always, you know, the older generation that that struggle, you know, grandparents particularly, some of them are just so brilliant, they're just accepting straight away. So, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want people to think that, you know, this is always going to be a really big issue. I think often people worry and then when it comes to it, it is absolutely fine. Um, but I do think there was a lot in the way that I did it. So, <laughs> yeah, think about that. Be calm. I didn't have those problems with, with my mother. I mean, we didn't tell her for a number of years because we knew it would be an issue. Um, but then... But, we had to in the end because Ross was bringing his partner up and uh, he didn't want uh, and we didn't think it right that his partner was just introduced as Ross's friend so he's going to be introduced as Ross's partner. Um, now she was already suffering from Alzheimer's at this stage and uh, and we said uh, oh Ro Ross has come out and he's bringing Jamie, Jamie is his partner and Jamie's a boy. Oh she said well, there's none of that on my side of the family. <laughs> so I guess, well, hmm. there is now. <laughs> <laughs> and she took many years before she remembered. But I think she did in the end uh, realise and, and accepted it. Although in, no, I think in the latter years, she again did, did ask if he had a girlfriend. And I had to patiently say, no, Ross is gay. And, uh, and she didn't say again, well, there's none of that on my side of the family or ask her any other questions. I think Penny must have dropped somewhere. Was the rest of the family OK, Keith? Did, did you have anyone else tell or was he OK telling them? Was he quite open about it? Well, a granddad had, uh, had died by that uh, time. Uh, my wife's parents um, were both fine with it. Uh, yeah. 
and um, his younger sister, well, just took in her stride. I don't know whether she already knew, um, because a lot of people knew. Parents of friends of his knew before I did. Uh, and that's often the case, isn't it? That you share with friends' parents rather than... You don't say, I haven't told my parents yet, but you seem to be more comfortable telling other people's parents. So, where did you find the best sport? I know you've said, like, support groups and flag helped you a lot. Is there anywhere else that you found support? Any, like, online resources that we've not mentioned? Or anything that you think would help parents? now that you wish you had had when when you were going through this well I certainly would say no it was a struggle um, for us and especially my wife to find the information that she was looking for uh, it did take three days to track down the parents inquiry group for us um, so now obviously Google works for for flag uh, so people are finding its website, uh, uh, the resources there, the stories, uh, and then also the email or telephone numbers. So to us, that's great. I mean, obviously, we would love to reach everybody. Face-to-face um, -face support is, is important. Uh, I know a lot of callers want that. Uh, and in the last 18 months, we haven't been able to do that. But um, our Bristol group has been offering an online meeting. Uh, and I think whilst whilst before the pandemic, that would have just been such a no-no, people have got used to, this is a new normal, this is how people meet now. Um, and it has proved to be very helpful from people. And of course, when you're on Zoom, you can be meeting face-to-face -face in three corners of the UK, uh, as we are today. Do you have any plans to put the face-to-face -face groups back on you, you might not know but are there plans to put them back on soon some of them are starting um and the bristol group is going to go back to meeting in person but also continue to run a separate zoom uh, monthly zoom meeting which people will be welcome to join from wherever they are and i think that because there are a few uh, local groups that are affiliated to FLAG that are sort of dotted around the country. You can find those on the website. And then the other thing that we're often doing when people, either when they ring the helpline or when they email in and do the support, we can, there are search um, engines on both the Proud Trust website and um, TransWiki. And the Proud Trust is a great charity. I mean, they're based in Manchester, but they have a search facility on their website where you can look for LGBT youth groups close to you. So they're mainly for youth groups. Um, and TransWiki is, uh, is a search engine um, that's provided by Gyres, the Research Institute. And they list all the sort of trans support groups nationally. And you can search by area, but also by type. So some of them are um, youth groups, some of them are social groups for trans adults, some of them are support groups for parents and families and so on. So there's two easy ways to search then to see if there is something near you. Um, I know when at the beginning I really liked looking at the gendered intelligence, um, sorry, my generation uh, videos and short films. So that's Fox Fisher and Lewis Hancock's initially, and now with Ulus Stefania, um, three trans people who make films um, about other trans people, about their lives. What I liked was, um, you know, yeah, these people are trans, but the films were about skateboarding or, you know, I'm an artist or I'm a singer or this is what I do. So it was really great to just see people with happy, fulfilled lives, um, and just very interesting. They're very interesting. Um, I also liked um, Jamie Rain's sort of online blogger, just talking about his transition and his parents and his relationship. And just, it's just nice to see people happy and just normal. <laughs> You know, that's the thing. That's what we always say. We just we want this just to be unremarkable. This is just normal. It's just part of family life. Um, but in order to feel like that, you, you it helps to see it. Um, and so those are good. 
but yeah on the flag website too there's lots of book recommendations and films and things like that so it is yeah if you have a look around there's lots of resources and I should mention particularly our booklets um, so Keith mentioned earlier how do I tell my parents um, and we also have a guide for family and friends in both LGB and trans versions and that's one of the first things I did for FLAG when I um, started to volunteer was because the booklets were for LGB um, and FLAG wanted to expand to become trans inclusive but we're very clear that we want to hear the voices of people who are well, in this case trans and families who have trans loved ones we, we want to write from experience so I spent a good couple of years um, interviewing trans young people at youth clubs uh, and so on and that was just brilliant they told me all sorts of, <laughs> of things uh, and they answered questions that I would never have thought to ask so it's very important to to go to them and just let them talk and so those experiences are recorded in the booklets and so again if you can't get to a group you can read a booklet where people have shared um, how they've felt and hopefully that's quite reassuring because you'll probably find someone similar to you. Yeah I definitely think that'll be reassuring for people and going back to what you said about the films and like representation is so important however it's it's got to be the right representation because we see you see LGBT the LGBT community in in TV and films and like most of the time it's like strife and struggle and like they're going through which is important like they, we do need to see that but also that's not all we need to see like like you said we need to see people of this community enjoying life having happy normal lives where they're doing everyday things and that's being celebrated rather than focusing so much on their struggle and it yeah. is like you said it's just part of normal life I would love to get to the point even me as a lesbian if I see like a gay couple or like two women holding hands in the street I'm like look at you like look at you like that shouldn't that shouldn't be a thing that should just be normal and that's coming from someone who is gay like but just to see people I'm like wow that is amazing like I love it like it's so nice to see people in the community who are gay holding hands feeling safe and confident and proud walking down the street that's that's what we need in media representation to be normal so to finish what kind of advice do you have for parents on similar journeys? Obviously, no journey is the same, no experience is the same, but people who are going through similar things, what's kind of the best advice that you can give? I get lots of people um, ring up uh, and they want to help their child. They, they want to know more for themselves. Um, but all of them do have this feeling that they've left their let their child down because they've missed something or because they haven't realized um and it's making them realize that th this isn't unique and it's not your fault don't beat yourself up about it it's quite natural to feel bad initially and shocked because it is a huge life change you know your child has gone through their first however many years and you parents automatically trust me on this one, automatically pick a future path. This is how things are going to pan out because most people's lives pan out that way. And then you, you get the news and and that future is torn up and, and all of a sudden you're confused because you don't know what the future is actually going to be and you have to work it out. So I tell them not to worry. Um, it will be fine. You're not the first to feel like this. You're not, you won't be the last to feel like this. And other people have been on this journey and it works out just fine. Check our website for the resources and, and would you like to meet somebody just like you? I think that's the important phrase that Sarah said. Find and talk to people like you, whether you're the parent, whether you're a child. That is so helpful. Oh, I like that advice. That's very good. Very good advice. <laughs> You're very good at what you do. 
as a trustee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's it's really interesting, kind of touching what you said, because obviously, and it's completely valid, it is a really, it is a big shock. Because like you said, you kind of planned, I imagine, like you said, you just planned this future subconsciously of how it's going to be. Do you think, and kind of this is my hope, it's a bit of a loaded question, to be honest, that as we kind of get more educated and normalise sexuality and gender fluidity and being trans, non-binary, being gay, lesbian, whatever it is, and we move away from like, a cis het society because that is what we live in hopefully coming out won't be as much of a big deal it won't be needed when we move away from this cis het society it can just be normal and I think hopefully we're going to live in a society where parents are talking about it more to their children and maybe not not that I am saying planning a path out for your child like you've done is wrong but hopefully we stop assuming people's gender and sexuality so that when kids do come out they know that it's just it's completely normal and it's fine I mean what are your thoughts I really really hope so because that that is how I feel and that's how that's the sort of journey that that I've been on and it's been a real sort of eye-opener and a real positive for me personally as well as hopefully making things better for my child because the only reason I was shocked was because I believed in this very sort of rigid you know these boxes that people fitted into but actually those little boxes are bad for everybody not just bad for for LGBT people those assumptions that you know girls do this and boys do that and so on that's you know that's bad for everyone whether you're gay or straight whether you're trans or cis you know so if you are more sort of open and accepting then actually there's a lot more opportunity and excitement and positive stuff open to you and I would say that I've having been through that process because my child came out as trans, which has been a, a really positive thing, I can also apply that mindset to other things as well and realise like, oh God, I've made assumptions about this and that as well. And actually question your thinking there. And, and, and lots of things, you know, can get better. I mean, that's the thing about equality. It's not just making things better for minority groups. It's making things better for everybody. And if people could understand that and embrace that, um, oh, it would be it would be so much better all around. But yes, I share your vision. I really hope for that um, because then it creates a world where people are just comfortable to be themselves. And isn't that what everyone deserves? Nobody else can tell you who you are inside. No one else can probably really know that. So if someone is thoughtful enough and, and brave enough and articulate enough to say who they are, then that should be respected by everybody. It puzzles me that people would just, just actively choose not to respect other people's identities and it doesn't even come down to understanding it doesn't you don't have to understand you don't have to understand to respect someone's pronouns someone's sexuality someone's gender identity you don't need to understand it you just have to respect that other person as a human being and as humans we just feel the need to put everything into a like into a binary like everything's a binary as particularly when it comes to gender because before you've even before the child has come out of the womb it's already oh is it a boy or a girl is it going to be blue or pink let's do a gender reveal party they haven't even come out yet like they literally haven't come out of the womb yet and they're already buying them pink bows or like blue cars like it's just there's no need for it so I hope I hope we live in a society where that isn't it's always going to be a thing and I could go on like a capitalist rant about why it's going to be a thing but I'm not going <laughs> um but 
yeah I hope we can kind of move away from that so that people who are trans who are gay who are bi lesbian whatever they are just feel comfortable enough to know that it is completely normal I think we must we must be getting there I mean I, I obviously I'm not normal but uh, our three-year-old daughter uh, so we have a, a future path for her but it is this wide so she may have a girlfriend she may have a boyfriend uh, we we see everything in the future um, her favorite color is still pink so I worry about that sometimes but uh, there's plenty of time for her to uh, wise up I think that's what it comes down to though about being open like and and like Sarah said once you're open about one thing you're open about lots of things and like you said Keith you can still have kind of an idea, future path, how they, how you want them to feel, you want them to be happy, but does it matter if they're happy with a girl or a boy? No, yeah. it doesn't matter. Does it, does it matter if, if they come out as trans or non-binary? No, that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you just want them to be happy at the end of the day and safe and loved and they'll always be loved because you support them so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, odd, the odds are, that uh, our granddaughter to, might might prove to be to be gay at at, um, at at the wedding. It was like a big gay wedding. the The best man was gay. The groom's brother is gay. The uh, bride's brother is gay. So it was it was a great occasion. I have to I say, like, I love that. I like how you've just got like pretty much the whole community there just in one yeah. wedding. <laughs> It's like my um my mum's networking group. So I I always joke with her because like over a third, if not nearly half of this networking group, and there must be, I think there's like 15, 20 of them, are part of the community. And I always laugh because I'm like, I go on dating apps. There's no one. There's no one around here. How have you got the entire LGBT community of Staffordshire in your one networking group? How is that a thing? <laughs> make it make sense how has that happened but I like that you've done it at a wedding you've just got like a pretty much whole gay wedding which is amazing best kind of wedding I say <laughs> <laughs> um Sarah we didn't ask you the question but you kind of said that you you kind of touched on it anyway any advice any extra advice for parents I don't, I, I don't think I would really add anything to what Keith said although I should say because our chair will go crazy if I don't say we're, we're not professionals we don't give advice uh, we offer peer support because because yeah we're not we're not professionals so we don't give we don't give advice in that sense but no I, I don't think I could really add anything to that we it, it is about giving it time and and just yeah communicating and showing that you love your child you know think things will work out things will be okay um yes kids have done a lot better <laughs> <laughs> you both explained everything so well um i forgot we've got one more question um so what have you learned from being involved with flag one thing i would say that that we haven't talked about before is that quite soon after i started volunteering with flag um uh, i was told oh yeah we go to as many prides as possible and I was like, oh, okay. And I, I had this uncertainty about whether I, I should be there. Like I was stepping into a space that wasn't really for me. I mean, I was very happy to go because it sounded brilliant, you know, great fun. But it's like, should I really be there? Um, and then I went, the first Pride that I went to was down here in the Southwest in Exeter. And um we march together, we've got our t-shirts on, you know, flag, proud parent, our banners and so on. Um, and a young woman came up to me and said, can I take a selfie with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. But I was a bit bemused because I mean, behind me were some people who were just wearing only glitter. Um, and, you know, there were a lot more exciting people to be photographed with. And she took this picture and she said, oh, I'm, I'm going to text this now to my mum and show her that some parents still support their children. And that was like a poor, real blow to the guts there. And I realised immediately, well, this is why we're here. We are being visible. We are showing very clearly 
that parents are out there supporting their children and who knows who is in the crowd. I mean, I know at Pride's quite often young people who perhaps haven't come out yet or questioning or wondering about what to do. If they see parents there openly supporting um, and, and championing their children, then hopefully that gives them a bit of confidence, a bit of hope that, yeah, if, if they want to break the news to their parents, it probably will be okay, actually. Um, and if it isn't, please send your parents to flag <laughs> because they can talk to us and, and we can sort of have a chat about it. So, you know, that that was something that, um, that I really learned that was new. I've heard Sarah tell that story before, but it gets me every time. Mm. It really does. Um, I, I think what I've learned since being involved with um, our local parents group and then with FLAG um, is that, that this battle isn't, isn't won. Yes, as you say, things are getting a lot better. Education is improving things, um, but, but, but there's still some way to go. And all the issues we're seeing coming out, sadly, this year are about trans issues. Uh, it's like reliving the 80s um, all over again. Uh, it, it's so sad. I think the, um, was it? Oh, it is. It's um, a well-known popular culture hamburger chain of restaurants, say, uh, love all. And, and for me, that's, that sums up how we should all be. Love all. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed it. It's gone <laughs> so quickly. So where can people find you if they want to? Uh... Well, our, our resources on our website are available at flag with two Fs, of course, flag.org.uk. Uh, our telephone number is 0300 688 0368. And our email address, Sarah, is support at flag.org.uk fabulous teamwork thank you so so much for coming on and sharing your stories and experiences it's it's been a pleasure it's been so nice to speak to you and meet you both thanks it's been really enjoyable thank you it has thank you very much so what a great interview that was with sarah and keith fabulous to get it from a different point of view Tasha. Uh, from interviewing parents versus young people. Uh, it's a different conversation from your point of view as well. What were your highlights and your insights from this conversation? Yeah, it was definitely interesting to hear from a parent's point of view um, because obviously all of the, the interviews we've done really have been with people, young people who are LGBT. Um, and, and generally, you don't hear as much the parent side of it. Or if you do, it it does tend to come from a place of that not accepting the stories that you hear usually. Yeah. Or, or certainly my experience of that, ha that has been the case. Um, so it was, it was nice to hear their experiences. And they admit that it was a big change. It was a bit of a shock. Um, and they did struggle with it at some points. And I appreciate the honesty. And I think that will be helpful for a, a lot of parents who are listening and also and young people who are listening um, to know that it is still a big shock. And although young people are kind of obviously working their way through it, mm. it can be something that's done together with your parents if they are open to that. Um, and, and I think the fact that they both uh, you know kind of they had their own stories different stories in different like one was a long time ago uh one was a little bit more recent although it's a few years ago uh, and it and I really got the message that I mean their parents supporting parents which is absolutely brilliant what a great organization flag is for doing that but that message that if you are a parent going through this right now it is totally okay that you're struggling and that you might have questions and want to say things that perhaps you feel bad saying. I think that really came across in their experience for themselves and the parents that they're working with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like they said, it's okay to ask questions. It's fine to do that. And what really helped them was finding support groups of other parents that you can ask questions without judgment 
that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable asking your child or the person you know that's going through it and I do think the work that FLAG do is is so valuable in terms of supporting parents I did love this podcast and hearing it from a different perspective it's very interesting to hear um, even though like you said one was quite a while ago and one was a bit more recent although a few years ago there were some similarities in the story not in the stories but in in how they found support Mm. and the best places that they found support um but I thought it was interesting how um it was it was both both stories kind of touched on wider family yeah particularly Sarah and and her experience with her family um but Keith as well saying about grandma (laughs) yeah how do you tell Um, you know as a parent your own brothers and sisters and parents and the people around you yeah exactly I think coming out is put obviously coming out is a personal thing and and a child coming out to a parent is a huge thing I think what is then often overlooked is how the parent then comes out for the child to support them to help them obviously so it's not all down to the child Mm -hmm. to come out to the whole family is from a place of support completely but I think then that that is kind of overlooked so that then the parent has to navigate the wider family because Mm -hmm. they're adults and they will have conversations about it when that child's not around and have their own opinions on it and that parent then has to manage that aspect of it yeah yeah, conversations that you kind of don't think about. Even I don't think about, even though there'll be some of those conversations that perhaps I will have at some point, maybe on your behalf, or because I don't know what those conversations might be for us either. So, well, yeah, nice. isn't it? it is Granddad doesn't know. <laughs> Granddad does not know yet. He's. Um, he's- possibly the only one that doesn't know but yeah (laughs) we'll see and I thought one of the interesting things that you know of all the resources um, that they have provided on their website that we'll provide the links for that uh, the one of the the most downloaded resources were actually downloaded by young people (laughs) rather than parents uh, about having that conversation as well. I just thought that the stories that they told uh, for both of them were just really fascinating and interesting and, and so, so helpful, so helpful. Yes, definitely. I think what we spoke about in the conversation was invaluable and I think it will help so many people, young people and parents as well. Yeah, uh, and I'm thrilled that we have parents on the podcast to really support other parents because that is a big big uh, reason for us doing this so fabulous interview thank you you have been listening to me tj dow and the fabulous station dow on the spark to your success podcast join us in the next episode for more in the series about sexual and gender identity in the meantime give us a follow Maybe leave us a review and definitely share with everyone you know. Bye for now. Bye.